When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live. We're live. YouTube. Wednesday night. You know what it is. We're back. Two shows this week. Two shows last week. Two shows every week until the draft. I'm with my main man, Andy Milnick. We're on the future cast. Follow him on Twitter at FFDataKing. You can follow me on Twitter at CarpentierNFL. And this week, we're back. We're back big with five-star sleepers. Not five-star prospects. Not uh, not not five-star on Yelp. Not five-stars in the app store where you should go and download the Breakout Finder app, download Dynasty Dominator, go to the podcast, uh, wherever you watch podcasts, give us a five-star review, leave us a, a review, tell us you know how much you love us, and uh, comment your biggest sleeper. Um, well, let's do a giveaway here, Andy. I'm going to do a giveaway. I'm going to give away um, 10 bucks, 10 bucks to a random person who goes to the review section on Apple Podcasts and gives us five stars and gives us a breakout uh, rookie. And, and if they get drafted in the first four rounds, they have to be like a, like a sleeper, big sleeper, like a Hassan Haskins sleeper. If, if they get drafted and if, if your guy gets drafted, I'll, I'll do a wheel of names on a random day after the draft and I'll give away 10 bucks. Boom, random. Random $10 giveaway. Go drop five stars on, on the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll read them all. Let's go get it. But tonight, let's jump into these five-star prospects. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited, Andy. What, what, what do you think, man? Are, are you? This is like the best part of the season, right? We've, we've got through all, all the big stuff, and now it's sleeper time. The guys who have not been talked about, the undercover dudes. What do you think? You excited? Yeah, I was going to say, are you excited for this? Because this is like your – this is your wheelhouse. This is the undercover undercover prospects, right? This is this is the Cody Carpenter special. This is the these are the guys that you knew before all of us knew, right? Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about these guys. I have a feeling some of these guys may end up on your show later in the season. Yes, for 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 that conversation, undercovered prospects was pre-draft last year. It's going to be post-draft this year. We're going to talk about some of those late round undrafted guys that throw in your taxi squad. Kind of based on this show. This show we're going to talk about guys like this today. So, um, but tonight, like I said, we're going to drop out. We're going to explain guys that we like. We think are our sleepers, uh, five star sleepers, sleepers that you literally have not heard of um, on other platforms, but we think have the ability to get that late round draft capital, have the ability to land on a team. They're going to get an opportunity. Uh, and so, so the idea behind this is when you go over to sleeper where you hold all your leagues at sleeper uh, sleeper.app.com, whatever the thing is, go over there, get the app, go to sleeper, put your leagues on there. Right. And when you put your leagues on sleeper, you do this little thing right here. It's called uh, clicking the star button, right? And so if I zoom in, you can see the star, right? It says watch. And the, and, and the entire theory behind this show is that these are guys that we're turning the notifications on for. 
We want these guys to land somewhere good, start climbing the depth charts, and we want them on a fantasy team. But we are not drafting them. We are not drafting these guys tonight, right? We are, we are waiting until the draft is over, your rookie draft is over, and then you hear in rookie camp, hey, this guy is latched onto a team. We think these guys are going to be latched onto squads. And these are these are maybe not even taxi squad guys, just guys that you're waiting until August, September. Some good news comes out. And the reason you have that is you click the star button and you're watching them and you get those notifications. And this is Andy's idea. I think this is a phenomenal idea because you should be having these guys on here. Click the star button so you're watching them. So when something does come out, it's like, oh, Kevin Austin, um, you know, he's got good news. We're we're sitting in May next month, and it's 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 rookie camp time. And Kevin Austin is is making strides in the Tampa Bay pass offense. And it's like, all right, time to add him. Like that's what I'm talking about. Post rookie draft. Uh, explain a little bit, Andy, because this was your idea. Yeah. I thought it was a phenomenal idea. No, no. The, the idea here is that you know these are guys that you're going to want to keep an eye on, right? They're intriguing prospects. There's something. We'll get into kind of our process so we can help folks figure out who they want their undercover prospects to be or who their five-star prospects to be. Um, and the idea here is that you keep the notifications on for this person because there's something about their profile that popped, something about it that that intrigued you, something about it that you think, you know, you hear that phrase on a lot of podcasts, you know, it's uh, if this guy's in the right landing spot or if he's given the opportunity or whatever. These are guys that, like, they need a little extra push. They don't have the natural talent or the resume to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Jakar Robeson for Wake Forest. The perfect example of a guy. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect example. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to be going through your five sleepers. We each have five sleepers for you. Uh, Take a little bit of time. But first, like I said, sleeper, we got to give them a shout out for them. Uh, If it wasn't for them, the show wouldn't be going. The other one is Prediction Strike. Go over to Prediction Strike. I've already done it. I got about 40 shares of DK Metcalf. Uh, He kind of took a dip. Uh, I'm buying the dip. I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, you can go get these rookies as soon as they're drafted. I think you go over to Prediction Strike, use that promo code Underworld. You're going to get a free share of any athlete when you deposit 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks. It's not 100. It's not 500. It's a $20 bill. Uh, literally the price of like a sub now at Subway because you're overpriced as hell. Go over to PredictionStrike.com today. Download the app Prediction Strike in the App Store on Apple or Android. Download it and, and use that promo code Underworld. Get yourself a free stock. Hopefully you get some DK Metcalf. Maybe you get some, uh, you know. I don't know, you're probably not. I was going to say a rookie, but you're not going to get a rookie until after the draft. So go over to predictionstrike.com now today, download the app, use the promo code UNDERWORLD, get 20 bucks, and you get a free stock. So Andy, you know what it is. It's portal talk time. We do this right as the show begins every week. We talk about something that's happened in the movement. And this last week, I don't quite understand it, right? So we're coming up to my neck of the woods. I'm in Virginia right now. Virginia and West Virginia have been literally at the forefront of quarterback talk in college for the last 10 days. And, and quite frankly, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, like it feels like the world's burning because it's like Virginia and West Virginia quarterback. We know they got Brennan Armstrong. West Virginia really hasn't had a quarterback since Pat White. Um, like Last I checked, this was not where high-profile quarterbacks go. So, you know, is the world burning or, or what's going on here, Andy? Uh, it it just seems like a, a surprise visit. I think to everybody, nobody really expected Arch Manning to show up on Virginia's campus over the past week, and it, it's still an interesting, uh, still an interesting thing to talk about because there's really no real connection that the Mannings have to Virginia, right? Other than, 
I guess he doesn't have to beat out a, a, a ton of competition in order to get starting time. But like, if he's as good as he's, we think he is, or they say he is, or he says he is, like, he's not going to have to wait behind anybody for very long to get starting time. So it, it's just, a, it's just an interesting surprise um, to think about like Arch Manning at Virginia, you know, after Bronco Mendenhall decided to surprise everybody and retire this year, they went out and hired Clemson's former uh, OC, Tony Elliott, and he coached Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. You're thinking maybe there's a Arch Manning wants to get coached by a guy that's coached superstars in the NFL, potentially. Um, I mean, if this happens, where, where does Brennan Armstrong go? Where would you, where would you see him transfer to? Well, I don't think he's going to transfer, right? I, th- I think Armstrong probably comes out, what, next year in the draft? Um, I think he's eligible next year, right? So, But the big thing I think th- that I saw with Arch is that his sister uh, is going to UVA right now. His mom went to UVA. Uh, Peyton's wife went there, and supposedly he has a relationship with who you mentioned, Tony Elliott. I think that might be the biggest biggest draw, like maybe his sister and Tony Elliott. I think this is just one that didn't get mentioned and get pushed across because we've gotten this old Miss push. Uh, we got the Texas push um, and, and the Tennessee one that lasted for like for like a day. Um, but Virginia is sneaky because you saw what what, uh, what Brennan Armstrong's been able to do in this offense, over 4,000 yards. They bring over Tony Elliott, who coached Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence. I guess. Like, I guess. Um, but what the, what, I mean, yeah, no, but like you think about it from his end too. I mean, you have one real contender coming out of this, come out of the ACC, right? I mean, Notre Dame 2020 and 2021 kind of made some noise, but like they were independent slash ACC or whatever the fuck they were. Like it's only been Clemson and Clemson is kind of in like a, a lull period right now. Like they're good. They're they were good through only three lost team last year. Um but like still like it's a wide open conference and you're not gonna have the harsh feedback that you probably would have if you went to an SEC school with the crazies that support that team. I mean crazies in the best way possible because I'm I'm crazy about my team too. But yeah. It's it's college football, right? And yeah. and there's no I mean in North Carolina, you got the Carolina Panthers. In Georgia, you got Atlanta. And Clemson's kind of like the pro team of South Carolina right now, right? You you got the Gamecocks, you got Clemson, um, you you got Coastal uh, with Grayson McCall. But like that is the NFL. That I mean, it makes sense. These these fans are psychotic. So I guess. But again, like I don't know, man. I'm not. I, I do I do I think that he lands in Virginia. What I put it at, maybe five to ten percent. Call it seven and a half percent, something like that. Like I, I still think it's Ole Miss and Texas at the front. I think this is just kind of you know we're along along the process. Um, I think Alex mentioned that he didn't think he didn't think Arch was going to sign before the season started. I believe it was. I think he wanted to play the season then sign maybe in December or something like that. So we got like ten you know seven months to figure it out. But there's also another quarterback, West Virginia. And this guy we talked about back on our first couple episodes, JT Daniels. JT Daniels is going to West Virginia. Like, is he dead in the water, or is West Virginia just all of a sudden going to fix JT Daniels' third third team in three years? 
Yeah, this is a weird, really weird landing spot. I was going to ask you, what do you like? Because I was more curious about what you thought of with this this pickup because they don't really have a quarterback of note. I guess he's kind of a like a flashier name only because you know him from other big time programs. Is yeah. there is there a big draw or big allure to having JT Daniels as your starting quarterback? How wild is it that this guy's got almost five thousand career passing yards? And he's played for USC for two years, Georgia for two years, and now he's going to be in West Virginia. So he's going to win Pac-12 or Pac-10, whatever, uh, SEC. What are they What are they in now? They're in the, the Big, Big 12. 12 now. Yeah. Yeah. So they were in the Big East. That's what it was. I don't know. Fuck them. Um, it's just crazy because last year they had uh, Jarrett Doge, right? Is mm-hmm. he going to be – I don't think he's back, is he? No, he's a fifth-year guy last year. So he's he's going to be in the draft this year. It tells you how tells you how much I have him on my radar because he's not anything. Um, Mike, they got they got a guy named I think I, I did the little research today. It was like um, Mike Evans Jr. is a receiver on that team. Um, he's not the size of the real Mike Evans. Winston Wright, Bryce Ford. Um, we might have to draft this Mike Evans Jr. guy in this campus Canton league that we're in, dude. I might I might go. I mean, we got like twenty more rounds in this college side, so maybe right. we load up on West Virginia. Take the value. See if these guys don't draft him. We just take JT Daniels, Winston Wright, Bryce Ford, in like the 40th round, 40, 41, 42. What do you think? Good idea? Yeah. Yeah, good idea. Load up on him. All right. So let, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this bad boy. Um, Andy, uh, I, I know you got you got something to say before we get going. So, so kind of introduce this whole topic of five-star sleepers to these guys. Tell, tell them how we kind of got here and how we get here with these guys that we like on on, on our on our taxi squads or, or – or. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, the hard part about this is is identifying guys that you're going to want to draft because it's always great to be the first guy to be like, hey, I've discovered this guy, right, player X. But, like, with only having four rounds typically, you know, of a rookie draft, you don't want to waste that draft capital on a guy that has just such a murky projection, right? They could be an undrafted free agent. They could be working at Taco Bell next week. They could be... The next Christian McCaffrey, we just have no idea about these guys, right? So I'll, I'll say this. When we came into looking at the five-star sleepers, first and foremost, I just want to say to everybody, manage your expectations when you're looking at these guys yourselves, right? So you're looking at guys that are trying to make the roster or they're intriguing practice squad guy, um, but don't expect to find the next James Robinson because each, each one of these guys are going to have, you know, red flags or question marks about their profile. So – here is my kind of process for some finding sleepers. Here's what qualifies for a sleeper, right? Um, guys that had rapid changes in, in rushing or receiving production, right? So you think like running backs that had really high one or the other, they were both, and then the next year they dipped off immediately, even though they didn't miss any games due to injury. Okay, well, what, what explained that dip off in production, right? Could have been a quarterback change, you know, lineman that got drafted that held everything together. Could it be a new offensive coordinator, new coach, something like that, right, to kind of explain it away. The player themselves is really good, but just the situation around them kind of changed. Um, another thing is is if the situation they're in, time to that, situation they're in is uh, specialized towards running the ball or receiving, right? So think like – Michigan State this year, right? Their receivers on paper probably didn't look too impressive because he handed the ball to Kenneth Walker 85 times a game and called it a day. Yep. And then I would say the last thing is is, is guys that had um, 
guys that had kind of injuries or off-field issues. Again, these are sleepers. You know, we're not. If you don't want players who are going to have injuries or injury risk, then then join a fantasy bowling league or a fantasy NASCAR league. I don't want to tell you. Um, so a lot of these guys are going to have injuries and stuff like that. So I don't want to hear anybody in the chat. You know, roast me for for my you know T-Mobile sidekick. Don't roast me for picking a guy that tore both of his ACLs in back-to-back seasons. That's kind of the groundwork for today's episode. I think it's beautifully said because the list of guys we have here, um, spoiler alert, we have a couple on here too, I think, uh, off offhand. We each have one guy that I think are likely to get drafted. There's a couple that have a chance uh, from an athletic standpoint. Uh, Hassan Haskins, Max Borgie, for example, I think those two guys have a chance. Uh, but the rest of these guys, man, they have issues. And we may talk about them in a positive light, but you need to understand that these guys are unlikely to get drafted, right? And if they do get drafted, it's going to be 6-7 uh, just because the boards change uh, per team. You go team by team. It's like one team might love Danny Gray and the other team hates him. It, it's just the way it is. It's it's the the build of these franchises and, and, and the archetypes that they look for. They look for – you look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They have an archetype. Look at all the guys in that roster. They're all the slender speed kind of guys uh, outside of J.J.R. Arcega <clears throat> Whiteside. Um, but, again, like that's – no, like no. So they, they, they knew where they went wrong, and they course corrected, and, and that's why where they are where they're at. And that's kind of the example I'm going for is, but these are guys that are going to get opportunities, and that's all we're looking for. We're looking for opportunities, value in fantasy leagues, so I'm going to start out with Mike Woods, right? My first guy is going to be Mike Woods here tonight. And Mike Woods played at Arkansas for two seasons. He had 420 yards in 2019, 619 in 2020. And then he transferred to Oklahoma this past season as a his, his senior season. Played in 11 games, 400 yards, two touchdowns. He didn't do anything on special teams. But but Mike Woods is, is a guy that you, he comes in now on a lot of people's uh, grading scales and, and things like in the 40s, in the 50s, at the position. And I, I don't think that's correct. Uh, I think Mike Woods, he has a big play threat. I think he's, he's, he's got the red zone uh, weapon weaponry opportunity. He comes in about 6'1", 200 pounds. Um, he's a big play guy, great, great body control, breakaway speed, average athleticism. Uh, he does struggle to make to kind of create separation uh, before the ball arrives. Uh, but I think he's, he's solid in the, in the short and in intermediate uh, quadrants. I think he's a cheap version of Jalen Tolbert. That's what, that's exactly what I think he is. So a team that misses on Tolbert because Tolbert was once thought of as a fifth, sixth round prospect now gets Mike Woods in, in the sixth or seventh or undrafted. And it's a guy that I think can come in and kind of make waves with opportunity uh, because he played at Arkansas with Traylon Burks. He played at Oklahoma uh, this past season. I, I think Mike Woods is a guy that, that you can put not on your practice squad, like I said, not on your taxi squad. He's a guy that you just pay attention to throughout the process. He's, he's got a 55th percentile speed score, which isn't great. Uh, you know, he's a, he's about a 50, 60th percentile um, athlete. He runs a 4.55, which isn't terrible, but he's 204 pounds. He, he fits that archetype of the receiver that you're looking for to kind of win across the middle and things like that. So Mike Woods played at Arkansas, played at Oklahoma. Um, he does a lot of YouTubing, actually, and he kind of kind of 
shows you around his life. And I, and I think I really like that because he shows you what he's doing. He shows you he's working on these routes. He, he's a pretty clean route runner, uh, and, and he's something that he really focuses on. And it's just a guy that I really want to put my name next to is Mike Woods out of Oklahoma. So that's that's my that's my prospect number one. I'm putting the star next to him on Sleeper, and I'm just waiting and watching to see if he goes on day three, and if he doesn't, who does he latch on to? Does he sign with the Chargers? Does he sign with the Raiders as an undrafted free agent or something like that? Mike Woods, Oklahoma. What what route does he? What part of the field does he really excel at, Cody? Does he is he more of a? Because I didn't get a chance to watch this guy before hopping on. Is he more of a short to intermediate route guy? Is he sideline to sideline? Is he over the middle? What not, kind of not, guy is he? Not sideline to sideline. I would say uh, I think he, he struggles to create separation in the middle quadrants, the short middle quadrants. Um, I think he's best on that downfield route, uh, the comeback, the out route. That's where he, he kind of accelerates on the outside there. He, he's pretty good on the sideline. Um, that's where he's best used, and that's kind of where Jalen Tolbert's used as well, on the outside in, the, in that rule. Um, kind of similar to a Mooney, but Mooney obviously is, is a different prospect. Um, again, what, like we talked about before, these guys are not going to be perfect prospects. These guys are going to have issues. I think one of his issues is creating that separation and winning across the middle, uh, where a lot of receivers do, quite frankly. Um, but he does possess uh, the ability to high point balls. He does possess uh, the big play threat. And even at four five five, the game speed is different. That, I mean, Traylon Burks ran that fast. So um, I just I think you got to pay attention to guys like that that can just win and they focus on the routes and the separation. Yeah, he doesn't create separation across the middle, but he does on the sideline and he's confident and smooth on the sideline. What do you got, what do you got next for your number one guy? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm going to talk about a guy. So just to let everyone know, spoiler alert, I'm not going to talk about the guys that that I've mentioned before, like Bailey Zappi or Isaiah Pacheco. I'm going to stay away from those guys and talk about try to introduce some new fresher faces um it's a guy i talked about a little bit before and if you've heard me talk about him it's kevin austin from notre dame um came in as a really highly touted prospect of his class but i think just the culture fit at notre dame being just so um no just if you look at his measurables and his workouts right like across the board the guy lights up every single field you want to see um, had some issues with Brian Kelly off the field, you know, smoking pot as a college kid. I mean, who doesn't, right? I didn't, but I'm saying there are people that do. I have friends. Um, <laughs> and so interacts with Brian Kelly that way, doesn't fit with the Notre Dame culture, produces only one year, mainly as a senior, right? Kind of gets his head out of his butt to do it that way. Excels in all the workout metrics. Kevin Austin out of Notre Dame is the first guy that I'm marking the star next to. Five-star prospect. So why you, – you kind of explained a little bit his troubles. Why just one big season? Because when I heard Evan Silva talk about Kevin Austin, he basically said it was Austin and Kyron Williams were the face of this entire entire, entire team. So yeah. why, why why just the one big year? So he had a couple of – he had a couple of years with injuries. Um, his freshman year didn't really see the field too much. Uh, 2019 was the year that he basically had an entire year wiped out from the record books because of the violating the team's marijuana policy. Got and it. 2020 was the year where he had injuries that kept him out. And then finally, 2021 was the year that he, you know, broke out. So low breakout age, um, injury history kept him out, some off-field issues. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that's the guy, right? Look at the size of him. He's he's big. He's fast. He's the athletic freak that you're looking for. I think he's the perfect definition of a five star prospect in terms of uh, a sleeper there, a five star sleeper that we're looking for here. Perfect example of a five star sleeper, Kevin Austin out of Notre Dame. I'll go number two here. And this guy isn't. This is the least sleeper out of all these guys. It's Hassan Haskins, uh, running back out of. Michigan, right? This guy comes in 228 pounds. The only thing he does through the whole draft prospect, through the whole draft process, is bench. And when he benched, uh, he got 27 <laughs> reps, which is what Aiden Hutchinson got. But as we all know, Aiden Hutchinson's 27 reps was fugues. So uh, I didn't get to see the I didn't get to see the Hassan Haskins 27 reps, but six foot, almost two inches, uh, 228 pounds. Uh, you know, over nine inch hands. He's 22 and a half years old. He, he he's he's gonna be a guy, and we have him best comparable to Carlos Hyde on PlayerProfiler.com. I think the biggest note you can take away from Hassan Haskins is just him being at Michigan. If this guy runs a 444, for example, 228 pounds, he runs a 444. We're talking about a top a guy that in this class is considered top five. If this guy at 6'2, 228, runs a 450. He's in the Zamir White conversation, in my opinion. But he didn't run. Uh, he's 22 and a half years old. Uh, obviously played there with Charbonneau, uh, Kirk, uh, Blake Corum. Like, th- there's just a lot of things on the table uh, at Michigan that kind of deterred him from completely breaking out. He goes for 1,300 yards this year, 622 as a sophomore. Uh, he was voted as the hardest worker in the room, uh, the toughest player of the year at Michigan by his teammates, uh, just because of his physical mentality as a blocker and ability to to kind of do those things that that other guys aren't. Um, 63rd percentile college dominator. It's Michigan, though, right? I don't love it, but I think it, uh, Hassan Haskins probably goes like that round six area. That's where I would put him at. I probably goes in that round six area. And if he lands on one of these teams that we see continually skip out on the running back situation, you see Atlanta feels like that one spot where they're just going to continue to do some weird shit and, and they're just going <laughs> to add random guys in free agency. And you're like, Kenneth Walker, Breeze Hall. And it's Hassan Haskins or Abram Smith or some shit like that. So Hassan Haskins, 6'2", 228 pounds. He's 22 years old. Carlos Hyde is his best comparable. I think that hit the nail right in the head. Uh, he had one big yeah. season at Ohio State. Um, Hassan Haskins is my number two. This is a guy I'm clicking the star on. If he lands in a good spot, uh, I'm going to be adding him. He's a guy that you could borderline draft right now in, in the fifth round. I, I was talking to Alan Soslowski in Sirius XM the other day, and, and he's like, I took him at 508. You guys haven't been talking about Hassan Haskins. Why not? And I'm like, I, I, you got a point, dude. I, I, let, let me dig into some Hassan Haskins and, and really come away with some positive feedback. This is my positive feedback is is just what I said. I think he has the requisite size to do it in the NFL. And I, I just don't trust it. I want to see I want to see the opportunity come. So I'm clicking that star button. He's my second star. What do you got, Andy, for your second star? Yeah, it's a, another five star uh, five star sleeper. Uh, this time we're gonna head over to Michigan State and kind of to one of the process points I talked about earlier, right? Looking at teams that have one style of offense versus the other. And this guy is Jalen Naylor, a wide receiver out of Michigan State. So clearly you got Kenneth Walker. He's a beast. You're going to hand the ball off to him. That's what they decided to do. And the receivers really didn't make a lot of noise. Now, he led the team in receiving this year, um, has a high A dot, 
and was pretty effective. Now, he has a nickname, I think, like Jalen Speedy Naylor or something like that. I mean, the dude ran a 4-5. Like, it's not like he's 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 not like yeah. Calvin Austin. You know what I mean? Like, that little Memphis receiver. He's, he's a normal-sized dude, but he's not, you know, lightning fast. So... I think he's a guy. A couple years of production, or a couple years of, of minimal production, injuries kept him out. Not a great route runner. Um, can make some dudes miss. Like is agile sometimes in close space, but like I don't know. Like I'm, again, keeping up with him. I'm just gonna hear it to see what he has to say. Um, but yeah, that's that's my second five star sleeper, Jalen Naylor. So Jalen Naylor, give me give me a little bit on. You know he's got thirty inch arms, which is which is kind of small. Yeah. Is, is he got any prospect? You think he gets drafted? So I I don't think he'll I don't think he'll get drafted. I think he'll be an undrafted free agent. But I and I think with him, my my interest in him comes in leagues where I'm starting. You know the, the league that we're in with with Nathan and Matt, right? Where it's you start three receivers, you have five flex spots. Like you need guys that are going to perform at some level every single week consistently. And he strikes me as a guy that can get on the field, be a fourth receiver, a fifth receiver, a third receiver. I get in that rotation. I don't think he'll ever be the number two on a team or the number one, which is why I'm not suggesting you draft him at all. I'm just click the little star button, get some notifications about Jalen Naylor, check out some game film. His start stop is really impressive. Um, but yeah, he's my second, my second five-star sleeper. 186 pounds. He's 23 years old. What do you think about Sterling Shepard as his best comparable? Is uh, that too much? No, I, I mean, Sterling Shepard, I just had such high hopes for him and he's just I know. terrible. I know it. I, 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 that's, that's a guy that I remember just being like, all right, this guy's going to he's going to fit, he's going to work, he's going to be something uh in the NFL and it was just like puke, puke. It's like and it's still he's still in that New York Giant offense and, and you still hear them say, "Yeah, but uh we got to go get a receiver or we got to go get a receiver." And it's like Sterling Shepard's still there, bro. Just pour it. and then part of he's like he just he can't stay healthy anyway. So what the, what the hell does it matter? So we got four guys down, we both got two stars so far. I'm going to go three star. I'm going to go tight end here. It's the only tight end we got on the board tonight. Austin Allen from Nebraska. Nebraska. Austin Allen, six foot eight. So this is kind of like your poor man's Charlie Kohler. Six foot eight, 253 pounds. He's 23 years old. 89th percentile catch radius, 85th percentile agility score. He does run a 4.83, so I think that's what deters him from getting drafted. But again, massive agility score, massive catch radius. Nebraska, six foot eight, all interesting intangibles that press you to say, all right, give him the opportunity, give him the chance. I have him ranked, get this, just below Jalen Watermeyer and Kate Otten. Uh, I have him as tight end 15, the big board. The big board update's going to happen uh, in the next coming days. The NFL draft guide's going to be updated uh, hopefully by Friday or Saturday. Mock draft is going to come out for that. So that's the process of things. But Austin Allen comes in at tight end 15 in the final grades. Upright running, big, big body red zone target. Uh, above average athleticism, like I said. He looks like a receiver in the open field, which is really what, what kind of pulled my eyes to him. Uh, he's not a world, not going to be a world beater after the catch, uh, but but if you hit him in route, he's, he's going to go. Uh, kind of a red zone savant. He just kind of finds his way of just getting open and being open. So 
I'm going to go Austin Allen here as my only tight end here on the board and my third star. Let's test you here. So Austin Allen or Jeremy Ruckert? That's a tough one because Ruckert is a guy that has the upside. He's a guy that you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take Ruckert. I'm going to hope he gets healthy. And then he's going to be like my dart at being uh, Kyle Rudolph, right? And, and drafting Austin Allen is more of a, all right, I'm going to draft this guy and I'm going to get like four years out of him and try to get like a, like a couple eight touchdown seasons out of him more so than anything. So I'm, t- I'm taking Ruckert. I, I have Ruckert uh, ranked accordingly. I have him at tight end seven right now just behind Daniel Bellinger, um, just a tick behind Daniel Bellinger. So. Okay. I would I would definitely take Ruckert, but again the injury thing through this whole process kind of kind of has pissed me off. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Note to self: If you have injuries or you get hurt playing football, Cody will hate you, and you well, will it's be low on the board. He had this foot injury. No injuries allowed. And then we and then we and then we heard the comb like going into the combine. He's like he's going to be competing at the combine, and then go to the combine. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to be doing anything. It's like. I'm going to hold it till my pro day. And then he goes to his pro day and he's still hurt. That's like the type of thing where it's like, I'm going to do this, doesn't do it. I'm going to do this, doesn't do it. And that's like, all right, now you're now you're dropping. Like Rucker was a guy that I think coming into the draft, a lot of people were like, this guy's going to be top five. Right. And he's just kind of worked himself out of it, I think, in my opinion. Okay. So Austin Allen, three-star. What do you got? Three-star. Okay. So the next, next sleeper on my list is going to be Max Borgie. He's a running back out of Washington State. We've talked about him minimally uh, before. And the thing that I like about him is that he's got a three-down skill set, right? He doesn't have the, the biggest size of your typical three-down back, but Washington State kind of didn't care. They used him that way anyway. Um, the thing to him, the couple of red flags about him that, need, that you need to note, right? One, uh, maximized most of his production in the air rate system. So Mike Leach's system, when Nick Rolovich came around, his offense did not utilize Borgie in the receiving game whatsoever. Uh, two is that some back injury concern uh, kept him out of some games. I think his junior and his senior season or one of those two seasons. And then <clears throat> three is he's not, like I said before, not the biggest body guy um, and just a pretty average athlete. Like scores across the board are just very average. Um, I think like literally they're around the 50th percentile across the ones we've got measured. I don't think he did any explosion drills, but I think his agility and his uh, speed score for his size are, are around the midpoint. So Max Borgie, Washington State. Um, again, I'm not going to use the word upside here because there's a lot of concerns right with all these guys, but I'm marking him. I'm marking a little star on Sleeper. I'm getting notifications about him because I, I loved his tape. I, I did. I fell off the tape for this guy. Um, to me, he's the real winner that comes out of the Pac-12. What about you? One question. One question. Sure. Massimiliano Borghi. Does this guy look like Christian McCaffrey? Does he play like <laughs> Christian McCaffrey? Or does he have Christian McCaffrey's athleticism? God damn it. Why do we keep... Okay. We, we got to stop. Okay, we got we have we have to stop. Here's the, let's no, let's answer it once and for all because it ke- it keeps coming up, right? He's he yes yes I understand. Does he, does he have his athleticism? Does he have his athleticism? No, he doesn't have his his athleticism. Yes. Does he play like him? Yes, he has a red jersey. Uh, no, he doesn't play like Christian McCaffrey. Does he look like him? He looks like Christian McCaffrey. That's yes. it. 
That's, That's all it. he has in common. If you're listening to this, Max Borgie is not Christian McCaffrey because he had one eighty reception season. He looks like him because he's a white running back in the Pac twelve. Yep. Drop it. He's not Christian McCaffrey. Done. But he is and he's three star. Mm-hmm. So we should should be paying attention to him. Okay. What's your next one on the list here? I'm going to a little bit of a smaller school here. And this is a guy that we created these player pages and I didn't have him on right away. Oh boy. And I had to go back after the process and I was like, ooh, this guy's sticking out to me. He fits the archetype. The archetype we've talked about a lot before, the Odell Beckham, the Jamar Chase, the Jefferson, uh, the six foot, the 5'11", 190 to 200 pound mark, the Debo Samuel, the 210 pound mark. He fits right in that scheme, right? Appalachian State, six foot, two hundred and seven pounds. He runs a four point four zero at his pro day at App State the other day, four four five seventy ninth percentile, with the eightieth percentile burst score. I'm going Jalen Virgil from Appalachian State. Um, I think he's getting severely overlooked, um, and it's just a guy that is not going to get drafted. Sadly, that should be right. Um, I haven't seen him in the top fifty. On any of these NFL pro, any any of these NFL uh, draft analysts kind of rankings or anything, um, I, I plugged him in. The numbers plugged him in is what I should say. So so when I go through this whole process and and I kind of look at the draft scout and I create a, a composite grade. The composite grade comes from like I said before, film, dog slash off field athleticism, and then a, a personal boost. I didn't give this guy any personal boost um, until I watched a film, and I still haven't. But 1,100 yards returning as a kick return, punt returner. 1,000 yards as a receiver. He comes in just ahead of Trey Turner, just ahead of Dejon Dixon, wide receiver 24. I haven't seen this guy, like I said, in the top 50 for anybody. I don't quite understand it. He's got the big play threat. He's a chain mover when he's on the field. He's a weapon. He's got the burners. He's a track guy. Uh, Jalen Virgil uh, out of Appalachian State is, is going to be one of my favorite, and I'm going to mention my five-star in a little bit, that's my favorite speedster in this class, my favorite Quez Watkins type guy. Jalen Virgil fits the archetype, and he's going to be the guy that I swing on. Um, again, I'm not going to draft him because I'm not wasting this capital. If, if I can get out of these fourth, fifth-round picks, I'm getting out of these fourth, fifth-round picks because I can get Jalen Virgil after. And, Andy, what are we going to do? We're going to click that star button, mm-hmm. and we're going to pay attention to where he lands as a free agent. And I'm throwing that dart. We're going to wait and see where he goes. Jalen Virgil, Appalachian State. 4-4 at his pro day, 10-foot, 10-inch 10 broad jump. 10-foot, 10 10-inch 10 broad jump, 36.5-inch vertical. He does all the things right, 9.5-inch hands. Jalen Virgil, four-star. What? Let, let me ask you this, Cody. What, how does he get onto an NFL team? Does he have special teams production that can get him close to the roster? That's what, that's what I'm saying. So 15 career touchdowns. Walk with me here for a minute. Okay. Take a walk with okay. me. Okay. 15, 15 career touchdowns, 98 career receptions, 16 rush attempts, 38 kick returns. So, so he's got, what, 152 career touches, and he's got 2,600 career yards. Mm-hmm. 15 career touchdowns. That's a pretty good okay, stat line. And he's yeah. at App State. He's at App State, so he was doing the damn thing. This guy's going to get on the field 
from a from a from a special team standpoint, I think he's going to be a special teams dominator. And then offense, you can get in the ball. Ninety-eight receptions, fourteen hundred yards is a good stat line. The only difference is he did it in five years at App State because App State's not uh, notoriously a big passing team, right? Mm-hmm. They have uh, it's a, it's a it's a known as a running back school. Yeah. I don't I don't watch App State like it's in my backyard. It's only a couple hours down the road, but I don't watch App State because it's it's not it's not what you expect. But Jalen Virgil as an athlete. 300, 200, 300, 200, 200 receiving yards year after year after year. Kick return, 1,100 yards. He's just going to be a guy that's going to fit on a roster. He's got the athleticism to get the – he's got the athleticism to get the opportunities in the NFL, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for 2,500 total yards. This guy's going to pop in the dynamic score on the breakup finder. So that's what I'm looking for right here with with Jalen Virgil. Yeah. And and let me – I was going to say, we got a guy, this next guy, I was just, I just had my phone out while you were finishing up your rant here, because I wanted to see, I want to see how deep we were getting here. Because this next guy I got on my list is a quarterback yep. from an FCS school, one of the yep. top FCS schools, and he's not even in Sleeper. <laughs> he's, he's not even in Sleeper. So this is such a deep pull. This is for we do the show, you know, for the audience, Cody. We do the show for the people. We bring them the people that nobody else will talk about. We bring them these five star sleepers. We do the service to, for them. So I need everyone to pull out a post-it note, pull out your hand, get a pen ready. You're gonna write this guy down and you're marking with a star, and then I'll tell you why. Cole Johnson, quarterback out of James Madison University. Showed up and showed out this year. Almost won the entire damn thing. Here's the problem, though, with Cole Johnson, right? Small school guy, not a lot of interest, didn't have an impressive pro day, doesn't have the workout metrics or the production that a lot of guys do. But here's why he's important to note. There have been several sources that indicated that the Atlanta Falcons and the LA Chargers have expressed interest in drafting this guy in the late rounds of day three. If he is going to be a guy that is a five-star sleeper, we know that, again, you'd hate to see him go to the Chargers because Justin Herbert's there and he's young and he's probably not going to get any play time. But Sam Ellinger is probably not the guy in in Indianapolis. And Matt Ryan is not going to be around forever. If the Falcons love him enough to draft a guy that late, he's somebody that you just got to pay attention to. You don't got to draft him. You don't got to pick him up even after waivers run. Again, write it down somewhere. Cole Johnson, James Madison University. When I look at this guy, 6'5", 220, 41 touchdowns and four picks. Mm-hmm. Four picks on 41 touchdowns? Yep. Yep. This isn't a Bailey Zappi, is it? Why, why the fuck did you go there? Why did you go? <laughs> you're, no, you're no, the worst. no, no. This you're is redemption time. This is the wor- this is this is this is redemption time right here. This could be Cole Johnson. Cole Johnson redemption tour <laughs> would be a good show title if anybody knew who the fuck he was. <laughs> no, Cole Johnson, forty-one touchdowns, four picks, mm-hmm. six-five to twenty. This is this is prototypical NFL shit right here. And if you're telling me he's getting. Colts, Falcons, Chargers. What do the Colts, Falcons, and Chargers have in common? Justin Herbert, prototypical size, 6'5", 220. Matt Ryan, 6'4", 220. 
plays for the Colts now. We saw what the Colts like Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Falcons, same ordeal. They had, you know, Rosen, Felipe Franks, Matt Ryan. Like, they had these big dudes. He's getting he, – he might get a seventh-round fucking draft capital, man. Six or seven. And he's round. not going to get – and he's not going to get drafted in, in rookie drafts, period. Right? Yeah. He, he doesn't got piss-poor athleticism. 496 at, at 6'4", 220. He's got a little bit, you know – his, his, his jumping is questionable. But quarterback talent. That's all we're talking about right here is quarterback talent, arm talent, and he can sling the damn ball. 41 touchdowns, four picks. I'm going to say it seven more times. The accuracy is uncanny with this Cole Johnson cat. And I'm going to have to add him to play a profile because he's not on there. <laughs> there we go. This is what the people come here for, for me to call you out. Um, yeah, this is a guy that, again – Game film wise, he doesn't have great pocket awareness. There's questions about the deep ball accuracy as well. Um, I mean, I don't know. He he's got he's got to get coached. He's a raw talent, raw prospect type of guy. I, I don't think he's got the arm talent like some other guys that are more highly touted in this class. Um, but I've I've seen some people talk about him getting drafted in the fifth round, which is nuts because nobody's talking about this cat at all. Cole Johnson, not James yeah. Madison. That's the problem, though, right? So we see, and I just replied this to Jim Nagy's tweet earlier today because he's talking about these mock drafts being one, three, five, or one, three, and seven rounds, and our, and he's like, why is there no five round mocks out there? And people are in the comments saying, you know, why not, you know, two, four, six? What well, all this bullshit? And I said, why does it matter? I said, why not four? Because you have day one is round one, day two is two and three, and then day three is round four. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams' boards change on day three. Like a lot of these teams have like that big board, and as you get down off after top one hundred, the board changes. A lot of these guys, you know, somebody might love Danny Gray and somebody might love Jalen Virgil, but they might be a hundred spots apart, and somebody might have them side by side. You just don't know because there's thirty two teams with millions of different processes and. Four like four round four round mocks. You're talking big board top three hundreds. Like everyone's gonna have different shit. So the bottom line is, Cole Johnson could be on somebody's board, like you said in the fifth round. Cole Johnson could be off of somebody's board because they didn't dig hard enough and go to James Madison during the year or or during the pro day season to see the arm talent that he has. Or maybe they can't open up the goddamn stat book and find him because he's not on Sports Reference either. But if they did the requisite research, they would know who Cole Johnson is. And like you say, somebody's got a fifth round spot on him. He's gonna end up being a fifth round pick to a Falcons team, a Seattle team, somewhere where he's going to come in and be able to sit for a year, two or three. And then all of a sudden you have yourself a, you know, requisite quarterback. Like he's not going to be the the odds. He hits slim, slim to none. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but the arm talent, if he has it, 41 touchdowns, four picks, he has his NFL size. He's not a bad athlete. Cole Johnson, fourth star. I love it. Mm -hmm. Who's your fifth star? My fifth star is my 2022 Quez Watkins, Danny Gray. This is the guy, six foot one, 180 pounds. When I look at Danny Gray, I see almost a better version of Quez Watkins, which hurts me because if you guys know or remember me discussing Quez Watkins, it's, I mean, this was my bio for the longest time, was the Quez Watkins corollary. Uh, and, and I have a number of fantasy teams named after this guy. 4-3-3, 40-yard dash for Danny Gray, 93rd percentile speed score, 98th percentile 
40-yard dash. And if it couldn't get any worse, uh, his best comparable is John Hightower, who played opposite of Quez Watkins, who Quez actually beat out, which is funny. Uh, but again, Danny Gray, I think, is a dude who just can do it. And since the Senior Bowl, at the Senior Bowl, he did it for day one. For for a quarter of the practice, he was, uh, according to the Zebra fast-tracking process, he was the fastest player chipped at the Senior Bowl. And that Senior Bowl had Christian Watson, had Tariq Woolen, uh, had a number of guys that ran the 4-2s uh, at the NFL Combine. Danny Gray had a heel injury at the Senior Bowl that caused him to miss a, mo- a majority of the week. We only saw a partial practice from Danny Gray, and then he gets back healthy after a month later. Who knows how healthy he was? And he ran a 4-3-3 40-yard dash at the NFL Combine. Danny Gray's a guy that played with Reggie Roberson, Reggie Roberson early in his career uh, was thought to be an NFL prospect. He faded out. I think Reggie Roberson's a, a, a dud now. 448 yards two years ago and 803 this past season with a 16.4-yard average and nine touchdowns uh, for Danny Gray. I think Danny Gray's a guy that's going to get drafted uh, in the NFL, but in competent fantasy leagues, he will not be drafted. And, and, I, and I say that backwards because you're going to say, well, competent leagues, he wouldn't get drafted. And by competent leagues, I mean... In those late rounds, you're going to be drafting running backs. You should be focused on those running backs. You should be focused, super flexed on quarterbacks. And, and even tight ends, because this tight end class is going to be a lot of guys that are going to end up in that fourth, fifth round range, pushing these fast receivers that get drafted around six, seven out of your rookie drafts. So that's why I'm clicking star number five. My five star sleeper, the five star sleeper for Cody Carpentier is Danny Gray. This is a guy you're going to want to pay attention to. And I don't give a shit what happens. Remember Quez Watkins? He was like, this guy's not going to make the team. Stay the course on Danny Gray. Pay attention. Keep the star clicked. And you wait until training camp comes around. Danny Gray will be on a team. And Danny Gray will be pulling in opportunities. Period. Yeah, he's, I mean, as far as speed goes, you know some team is going to fall in love with him in the draft, right? Someone's going to look at his speed and be like, oh, this guy, we can get him on special teams. We can... Just have him streak down the field. You just hope he doesn't turn into uh, uh, the the guy out of uh, the Chargers, L.A. Chargers. What's his name? The Guyton. Yeah, Jalen Guyton. You just hope he doesn't turn into Jalen Guyton, where he's just doing wind sprints every single game. He's like, dude, fucking just take me out back already. I'm I'm dying here. That's the that's the thing is like it's it's one of those two things, and that's the thing why you don't ha- you can't trust him being like a Jamison Williams or poor man's Jamison Williams, right? So. A couple years ago, I tweeted it, and I said uh, that and it's actually aged pretty well, sadly. Uh, I said that, that Quez Watkins uh, was what everybody wants Henry Ruggs to be, and and, and quite frankly, he is. Um, but Danny Gray, like, th- the truth of the matter is, is these speed guys, like even Henry Ruggs, what was his pure upside? His pure upside was, was, was never Tyreek Hill. Right. The Quez Watkins upside was just that. He's going to average 20 yards. And what we saw, he was aggravating his all-hell watching Quez because they kept throwing them bombs, but it was like terrible target accuracy. And it's just opportunity, right? Jalen Guyton got those opportunities. Did he catch them all? No. Danny Gray has a little bit of a hands problem. Sometimes he can't catch. Um, But he's got nine and five-eighths inch hands. I'm not really too worried about it once he gets to the NFL. He's going to fit right in that Guyton, that Quez Watkins role. And and fuck it, man. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. Click the star. Save him. Pay attention to him. He's going to get opportunities, point blank, period. Now I look at your five-star prospect, and this guy looks like a five-star prospect. He's a 
freaking molded. I don't even know what molded in stone, marble, cut crafted out stone. Marble. Yeah, yeah. Crafted marble. Yeah. Crafted. Sure. This, this, this guy's a. We saw the videos on on, on Twitter uh, from the pro day. Mutant, mutant. Who's your five star prospect? Who's your five star sleeper in? Come, come for the draft talk. Stay for the art uh, explanations. Um, no, we're talking about master Teague out of Ohio, the Ohio state university. Uh, to me, master Teague on film looked actually pretty good. I mean, part of it is that, you know, he plays a lot of high caliber receivers that are opening up the box for him. Right. So he's probably facing a lighter box count than most. And over the last year specifically, as they've stopped running the ball as much and throw it through it a lot. I mean, he probably saw lighter than most. I don't have the numbers in front of me here. The the story behind Master Teague is, is one of um, staying healthy. He's got a, a lot of lower body injuries that are that are concerning to you, right? The, he's already got the Achilles tear, which is terrifying. Um, I think he had some knee uh, knee issues as well. Forever the bridesmaid, never the bride with him. He's always playing second fiddle on the team in terms of production to somebody, whether it's J.K. Dobbins one year, then it's Trey Sermon, then it's Travion Henderson. The list goes on and on and on and on. Um, the the problem with him, you know, is that to me, but I think he's a dark horse late round running back. He's got the Ohio State logo on the helmet. He's got some years of production. He's got the look, right, that you talked about already. Um and I think some teams will talk themselves into, hey, we this is a guy that if we have a system that is a one cut and just dive straight into that hole, um, I, I could see him going to a team and being successful there because that's kind of his game is just make make a read, run, right? Run through hole. Um, I expect him to be drafted super late, maybe sixth, maybe seventh round for a team that's going to try to churn him out. Uh, probably more than likely though, an undrafted free agent. Um, but you're talking about a guy that's more explosive and has more agility than Elijah Moore, right? It's faster than James Robinson and more agile than James Robinson too. So, uh, last kind of list here, five, my five star, uh, sleeper master Teague. I'm clicking the star button. I'm getting notifications. I'm going to learn more about him as he, as he, as draft season closes. 5'11", 220 pounds, going to be 22 years old. 63rd percentile BMI, 81st percentile speed score, 73rd percentile burst, 27 reps on the bench. This guy's this guy profiles exactly what you said. Is a better version uh, and more athletic version of the James Robinson uh, corollary. I like it. I, I like it. I like it, Andy. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, so those those are those are our five star sleepers for the 2022 NFL draft. Number one, Mike Woods, Oklahoma. Kevin Austin, Notre Dame. Number two, Hassan Haskins, running back, Michigan. Jalen Naylor, wide receiver, Michigan State. Number three, Austin Allen, tight end out of Nebraska. Max Borgie, running back out of Washington State. Number four, Jalen Virgil, wide receiver, App State. Number four, Cole Johnson, quarterback, James Madison. Go look him up. Number five, Danny Gray, wide receiver, Southwest Southern Methodist. Number five, Master Teague, running back, Ohio State. That's it. That's all. Those are your 10 five-star sleepers for the 2022 NFL Draft. For Andy, go find him on Twitter at FFDataKing. You can find me on Twitter at CarpentierNFL. We appreciate you guys, as always.
Oh, I got one last question for for you. I just got a text um, from somebody watching the chat right now. A friend of mine who's watching it right now. Can we maybe make this the last question? People want to people want to know. Did are you using Bosley right now to get that hair flow so poofy and and grown so so clean? Is that Bosley? That's so. That's pretty good, ain't it? Is that Bosley or is that Head and Shoulders? What is that? That's uh, L'Oreal. L'Oreal. L'Oreal condition. I've never conditioned my hair in my life. I got L'Oreal volume. <laughs> uh, I think it's like max volume. It's a purple bottle. Max volume. So so I, I've never done this conditioner process in my life because if you guys have known or followed, I've had a buzz cut since I was in sixth grade and I've cut it myself ever <laughs> since. I think I went to the barbershop one time or twice since sixth grade. Still calls it barbershop. <laughs> And I've went to the bar and they've gotten the, and I went to the barber like twice and I asked for a buzz cut because I just couldn't do it myself because I didn't have my clippers. And this is the first time. So I go and I get this conditioner. I'm in the aisle. I'm like, get Stephanie with me. I'm like, Hey, you know what, what am I doing here? And I, and she were like looking for literally 20 minutes and I pull this purple bottle out and I go, well, uh, volume uh, filler, 100%, L'Oreal conditioner. I like the purple bottle, snagged it. And then I had to learn the process of conditioning. So I shampoo my hair, I wash it out, wash my body. While I wash my body, I have the conditioner setting in my hair, which I didn't know was a thing. I guess you, you put the conditioner in and then you don't touch it for a couple minutes. And then you come back and you just, I just do this action right here. I just swipe through it. And then I get done. And this thing is just like, stands up. So, so yeah, man. Uh, but we're going to do a show later this week. I'm actually going to the barber on Friday, okay. Friday, 9 a.m. Friday, 9 a.m. I got a, I got an appointment. Uh, there's not a lot I can do with it. We're not to the point, and this is like a four minute conversation here just on my hair, but we're not <laughs> to the point where I can really do a design in this hair, but, um, we have a, we have a formal fucking dance thing on this weekend, I guess. Uh, it's called med prom. And so I got to get a clean cut, right? I got to get something here. So. We'll see what happens. We're, I think we're going to do a stream on Friday or Saturday. So at that time, maybe it'll be different. Maybe I'll go back to the buzz cut. Purple Oreo bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you got deep. You got, you got, I feel like you, 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 you got lost in the sauce there talking about the, the conditioner. <laughs> you got lost in the sauce. That was, I was like, how am I going to go? How am I going to go out on this? You just, it's the the purple the purple bottle the just uh, amazing from start to finish though I'm just... this isn't a Bailey Zappy is it <laughs>